Guardian, we've picked up a high-gain transmission. Origin point is somewhere along the coast, near the Cosmodrome. What is up, Guardians? This is Cosmodrome Radio, broadcast on all frequencies from this crazy Russian spaceport all the way to Neomuna and back. We are trying to give everybody all the good news about Destiny 2 and all the great things when it goes on with it. This has been an interesting two weeks, not only from last week with the ability changes and different things that happened with that, and you heard our discussion last week with that. Now we have exotic changes and different things of that nature, plus hints for uh, next season as well. We are going to be diving all into it, um, but don't forget you can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music and Audible, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all those great places. We are everywhere except for SoundCloud because SoundCloud is dead. Uh, you didn't hear me say that, um, but uh, but we're going to go ahead and dive into everything. Um, if you if, if For some reason, you cannot find us anywhere. Um, go to CosmodromeRadio.com. You can find every link there. And if you want to check out the, the podcast merch, go to shop.cosmodromeradio.com. Pick up a Guardian Games t-shirt or pick up the logo t-shirt or the logo hoodie. Shout out to some of the, our, our clan members of Clan Transmit for already picking up the merch. Uh, we, will be, we will be posting them on social media once, the, once they get the merch. It's going to be really cool. Like, so if you want to be part of the community, definitely join the Discord. Get some merch. Hang out with us. It's going to be a great time. And if you're looking for a clan, we got you. Join the Discord, be a fan, but also if you're looking for a clan, check out Clan Transmit, we got you. All right, my name is Panda the Paladin to my left, because Alchemy is working his butt off at the Red Lobster. We called David in again to, to get his hunter expertise, and I feel like with, with the changes that are coming, there are going to be some spicy takes this evening. Uh, David, how you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad <laughs> to be back, too. Look, yeah. we about to get spicy, spicy. I got some crazy takes. I've been waiting to put on the table. R.I.P. Stumpies for the second time. R.I.P. <laughs> Throw them in the trash, man. I ain't used Stumpies <laughs> since D. Since what year two? Okay, okay, okay. This, 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 gonna be, this is gonna be an interesting conversation. Then, all right. And then to my right, we have the woman who claims to be the the best Sherpa in, in, in the entire D two community uh, out here. Excuse you, know, I do not. Out here taking care of people with the hugs and whatnot. Tower Mom, how you doing? Boy, don't be lying on me. I will freaking throw <laughs> slippers at you. Oh my god. Don't gosh. you even. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, huh? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's been a it's been an interesting two weeks. So whatever like all this right. stuff that's been going on in the community has been very interesting. And then we have a special guest this evening. Uh like someone that I've been admiring uh, from some of some of their YouTube clips, someone who is very dangerous with a glaive and for some reason thinks using Rat King on a warlock is okay, but we'll get into that a different time here. <laughs> um uh, like Zay Osiris Gaming, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. <laughs> You just had to throw my Rat King in there. And hey, man, I, saw, I, I was like flipping through clips the past like like few weeks, and I was like, "You really out here with Rat King? Like, what? What is this? What is this savagery?" Oh, what is just synergize? And for me, that has always been my baby, Rat King and Official <laughs> Glaive. But those together just make the best combo for me. Now, now, how do you feel about the seasonal Glaive? Because like this, everyone's been kind of sleeping on it. But how do you feel about the seasonal Glaive? I feel like it's a good utility weapon. I don't think I'd personally consider it for PvP, mostly because projectile and range speed is sort of a big deal. And that's something that we can get into further into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, we'll we'll definitely touch on base with that. But the glaive itself is nice. I love the aesthetic. I love the fact that you can kind of acquire it in all activities of the game. And it's a good entry weapon for people who aren't really familiar with its type. And I think mm. it's a fantastic job in terms of oh, design. Definitely. I love the new perk they have. I forget, I forget what the name of it is, but it was the other one that wasn't destabilizing rounds where you can block and just refill your ammo. That was so nice during the Proving Grounds GM because they figured out that uh, you could block the fireballs from the final boss with a glaive shield. So we were just taking oh. it and refilling the ammo off the off the, 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 the perk. So I thought that was a really interesting way you could actually utilize that thing for newer players. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really freaking cool. <laughs> Blade is not something anyone should really be sleeping on. Yeah, honestly. But uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into it. And like, uh, like we uh, said, we were going to touch on some of the ending stuff from last week's TWAB real quick. Then we're going to dive into not only the uh, the article from yesterday, because Bungie just keeps forgetting that TWAB is on Thursday and just putting everything out on Wednesday now. But that's not the hero <laughs> there. Um, right. But from, the, from last week's TWAB, they had some announcements in regards to the um like the new like the new uh things that you can earn from trials of osiris not only is there a new ghost there's a new ship a new sparrow the ship of the sparrow kind of feel like like mod modifications to the, the the last ones we got but i dig it i think it's really cool we're getting a new shader for the first time in like several seasons so it just yeah so like it just like it, it, I, i'm excited for the, for, the, for the new loot but i'm i'm questionable about the changes for so me, like, yeah. in particular, I am very curious about its, its uh, aesthetic approach. I love that they've kind of gone in several different ways in terms of trials design. Where now it has like a golden beetle on the top. It, for me, it's, it's very interesting. I would love to see what they would do with that design weapons going forward. But we can touch base on that, hopefully, and get a, a good slew of what they have in store. Right. And in terms of the um, changes they are making to matchmaking, we already kind of saw the um, the lab, the first lab that came out during week eight. That was a mess because for some like it was almost like the the, the, the progression we had made with fire team matchmaking uh, recently was sort of reversed where where a, a solo player had more of a chance to go flawless than a three stack. So there was like a almost total reverse. But the biggest problem that I have with the new matchmaking that we sort of, that they sort of introduced that we've touched on previously is this whole idea that like oh less like the lesser skilled players are in are in their own pool and then until you, and then like until you have a flawed card you're in this upper pool there's no flawless pool no more I think it's really flawed because if we're not having card based matchmaking we're not having connect we're not having skill based matchmaking there was times during that weekend like like literally I booted up my first trials match. I went up against a, a like a, a, a 2.0 and a couple others that were on their lighthouse game. And I was very much like, what in the world is Bungie thinking with this matchmaking? Because you have people coming in on their first match of the entire card going up against like people going to the lighthouse. They, like it makes no fundamental sense from a skill perspective or a card perspective why that would be okay. Like not even the the double mercy they're adding can really like combat that. And it, it, I find them going, hey, we're going to keep going with this despite like the entire community. There was even like pro players going, bring the flawless pullback, like, like literally. And it, I never thought I'd hear that because I'm over here, like been the biggest advocate for the flawless pool. And here we go. But like the people saying, hey, we don't like this. Bungie's like, no, we're going full speed ahead. And it's just, it's very odd. But them going, hey, we're going to make capture 
the permanent mode and call it Dominion, that I like because it adds more challenge to trials and not, not just be about elimination because you can have different strategies like a bubble or a well or like have different grenade launchers or different tools like that to like synergize. But I just, I don't know, the matchmaking changes are very weird to me. Uh, I don't say, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I just, I don't know. Well, for me personally, I don't really mind the aesthetic of trials changing and innovating and trying to rebrand itself in other ways. I do like that it has now gotten two essential modes where it's elimination, which is its tried and true variation. And now we have this version where you have to capture a point, assuming the match is taking you know much longer than intended. I see it more more so as a safeguard for players that don't feel the need to camp or choose to camp and it kind of slows things down. They, they've put a real emphasis on trials being a very fast paced, very active and involved game mode. So I do appreciate that in, in terms of where they're trying to take it. But I agree with what you said, where a lot of it does still feel a bit too experimental with the mm-hmm. particular. And I think trials has been around for, for over what, seven years now? I want to say eight, but no, I think it's been around for about seven years now. We should be past the point of experimental. We should be at a point now where, at least in my opinion, where the experience should be pretty sound in where it wants to be. But, you know, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a game dev, so I can't really say what their process is and what they undergo on a day-to-day base. Who's right. in, who mm-hmm. isn't, comes and who goes. But it, it, to me as a player, it feels like there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And that the direction may shift in various ways at different times because there are different individuals who have different sets of goals. And mm. whether goals, you know, are widespread and majority of players agree with it, I, I think that's the part where we're back in the experimental territory. And I don't think every avenue of the game should have that. I'm I'm fine with labs in particular having this sort of thing. But imagine for a moment if strikes were taking a, a various amount of different directions or if our story was taking a bunch of different experimental leaps. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to do that. It's just confusing to your player base where they're not certain mm-hmm. what sort of matchmaking experiences that they're going to have or how the card is going to play out where if it, you lose one or whether if you lose three, because that's sort of something that I believe that they were touching base on not too long ago. So they, they need a little bit more uh, uniformity with the mode so that people aren't confused with what they're expected to get. And I think that's just something that most hardcore players are feeling. Cause for me, I keep up with all the information as it comes out. So it can get a little confusing on what the matchmaking system is currently operating as what it previously operated as and what it may operate as next season. So it's a bit of a juggle. It's a bit of a juggle. Right. And I, honestly, I think um, the biggest component that I really noticed, especially when the Flawless Pool w- was in its, like, second season, well, I think it was, like, around um, towards the, like, Plunder, like, either Plunder or Haunted, where it was, like, it's, like, second season, where people, I would, like, go into matchmaking with randoms, and they were, like, I would do LFGs, and they'd be, like, so how does, how does, how does this matchmaking work, yada, yada, and I'm, like, you don't know how this works? Or, like, there would be LFGs where I'd say, Ayo, flawless pool farming for adept weapons. Have people who don't even have full cards who don't understand it. Because there's still people who never understood how the flawless pool worked. And it was very weird because I really feel as if Bungie needs more avenues besides the TWAB. 
and like granted the, the, the multiple articles has been kind of interesting kind of like experimental i think that but like there needs to be like more pop-ups in the game that are like hey this is changing click on this to read or something similar like that yeah. would be very beneficial because some of these players don't leave their box. They they turn their game on and that's it. So it just right. it's very it's interesting. Your point actually. Um, not too long ago, I believe it was spoken in the community at a, at a certain point in time. I want to say it was about maybe two three seasons ago, where they were off about putting in possibly a bulletin board in the tower. That Ooh. You, well, Ooh. that'd be a fantastic idea. Yeah, absolutely. Of, you know, players in game have a means to, you know, actually address what's new. There's just a way to keep up with what has changed, what is changing in the future, what's currently active in the game. Just just keep us involved so that way we don't have to leave the game in order to check, you know, Bungie's Twitter account with various different things happening because it's very easy to lose track of information. It's just we're constantly every day, every second of the hour, something new is happening. So we just want to have point to and say, all right, this season... This is what's happening. This is what I should expect. And we eliminate any confusion that goes on with mix because there will be a ton of different players that played a few seasons back that know what the system was then. And then come in and things are completely different for them. And they can just, it can be a, a, a deterrent of it in its own right, where players just don't feel encouraged to engage with these modes because they're not comfortable with where they may feel. So that's, that's my take. Uh, uh, that was a great way to, to put that. Uh, yeah, Tower, do you want to add anything to that before we move on? Because that was, I love that. No, I absolutely agree with the idea of a, a of a bulletin board. Like I, I apparently, I didn't see that on my side of Twitter because I would have been all for it, retweeting it, all that <laughs> good kind of stuff. Like, yes, this is it. Like, because the thing is that, like, Bungie doesn't like to associate themselves with an with the idea that you know freaking destiny is an mmo but that's what it is it's an mmorpg with looter shooter elements it's not primarily a looter shooter and so a lot of mmo games they do that they have you know their social space where everybody meets up and there's always some sort of notification like right. it like i mean it's 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 perfect but if bungie doesn't lean into that then the community is just caught off guard in a lot of different ways or they're just completely just they they have no idea what's going on and bungie needs to understand that like not everyone has twitter not everyone has reddit not everyone you know does uh even reads the twab so why not have you know uh like a sparks notes of the twab on a bulletin board in the tower next to zavala or like right right before you get to rahul get rid of those people that have been welding that one chip for the past however many years and put a bulletin board there you know right when you spawn in the tower those poor folks just welding (laughs) Just, just put the in front of Cade's grave. Yeah, right. (laughs) Cade would have loved that too. He would have put a freaking bulletin board (laughs) right in front of his ugly mug, as you would say. (laughs) Oh my dear. 
Y'all know I'm not lying. You I mean, you're not wrong. David, you got anything? <laughs> um, I have quite a few thoughts on the topic, actually. Go for it. Ooh. So, when it comes down to the changes that they're making for trials, right? And specifically, I remember you guys talking about the the lab that they had a couple weeks back. One big issue that I don't think a lot of people took into account was that a lot of players kind of learned a lot from that very first iteration of Trials uh, uh-huh. when they introduced Fireteam matchmaking. So I think that had a lot to do with how the lab played out when a lot of teams realized, hey, it's a lot easier to go flawless in a duo than it is in a trio or as a a single, right? So a lot of teams decided to go in duo that really just threw off the entire, like, algorithm. Because unless you had a dedicated team that was about it, that knew that they could go flawless, like, you you weren't running trios. Yeah. I saw a lot of teams that I know run together, just duo up, and then go through that way. Because mm. easy matches. Like, you have a bunch of solo players who really aren't that good at the game, and for all purposes, they're like blueberries. And it's really just gambling on, is the other team going to get the good blueberry or not? I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> exactly. Like, look, hey, if I get the good team member, we can win. Hey, and I feel like a lot of people took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I can agree with it in the sense that, hey, any advantage you can get, people are always going to take. Right. Yeah. And that's just how the game works. That's just how it's played. But also, when it comes down to trials, I don't really think a lot of people really think about the fact that, for lack of a better uh, like word, most players don't even engage with trials without an actual reason. Mm-hmm. Like a legitimate, I mean, like, it's got to be a good weapon. I need to have be a reason a to go into trials, on. Like, Here's one nobody thing. wants to spend their time. Right, let me take that back. Not nobody. The average player hears about the toxicity of trials and just how like over the top sweaty it is. And they're deterred from even getting in to even try their hand at it because they're like, you know, I'm not going to go flawless. I'm just going to get stomped on. So what's the point? And then those players don't engage. And then you turn around and then you have the players who are like, I can try. They get in and they get like uh, ran over because of these duos and uh, trios, and they have a bad experience. And uh-huh. then Bungie's mm. answer to that is, "Hey, we're gonna make a place for you to practice, but also, you know, if there's not enough players, we'll just feed you to the lion and throw you in yeah. the nothing." You know, See, uh, uh, I'm gonna let Zay speak, but I, I, I have thoughts on what you just said. So, like, and to those players, like, I be, I am a firm believer 
in the fact that there's no reason to do trials unless you're either going in to farm on a seven win card or you're attempting to go flawless or mm. you're going into like farm experience for faint but other than that if you don't come in with those three express like objectives any loss is going to reset your card and it might take you two three four hours an entire play session just to get to five wins and if you get to that yeah, five wins and wrong. reset, your whole play time is irrelevant now. You've wasted your time, in my opinion, because you've spent five, six, eight, nine hours trying to go flawless to get an adept weapon, right? Right. But you only get the adept weapon once you get to the lighthouse. Because up I, until I... that point, is just resources. So. Mm-hmm. If you want to get resources, you could go do PVE stuff and get it way faster and get way larger quantities of it with way less stress than you would get if you go through trials and you're resetting your card every two to three wins. Like, it, mm. like I don't want to sound like a defeatist or anything, but I feel like... You're absolutely right. Now, yeah. here's a point to that, though. Because to an extent, you're right. There are only but a few categories of players who are going in with a set goal. There aren't too many players who are going in to dip their toe to figure out what trials is for them. They also don't have a lot of practice in just, you know, competitive play in general. It takes time to get used to Destiny as a system, as a new player. This is something that we've been doing for a long time. It's second nature. It's muscle memory. So when we go in, we already know how to play, what we're playing, and how we're going to support our team, whether if it's blueberries or on mic. So here's my thing. Bungie needs to do a little bit more in terms of what they offer to new players as they experience. Mm. Yeah. What you to go is 100% true. They need a practice mode, something that players can go into that they can shoot at, that they can identify with as a PVP target to give them the confidence to say, okay, my shots are feeling right. My aim is feeling right. My weapon feels the way that I want it to feel. I don't feel so out of the loop when I go in now. There's a little bit more to what I'm doing. And even when I think about it as a player of myself, when I first went into trials, we all we all back then knew what PvP was, but we didn't really know how the mode was going to play out or how the experience was going to feel when we got to the lighthouse. And I can tell you this much, I've only went to the lighthouse one time one time in Destiny 1. And I tried my absolute hardest every week to go through and earn that title until I finally did. So I don't want to undermine player intent or players, you know, tenacity because they will try even if they're bad at the game, even if they don't have the resources that I feel that they should have and I think most people do, they're going to keep trying. They're they're going to rematch and they're going to eventually get to the point where they can say to themselves that they are now players and that in its own right is you know kind of beautiful you can look at it and say that you know you had a bad who wasn't exactly great which i agree it it can be a little bit unfair for us as pro players or us as decent players to have to carry our teammates or you know even on the other end of the spectrum it's not exactly great for us to just steamroll them so i get where the system split makes sense 
but it's also a, a give or take scenario where yes, you've gotten them in their own pool, but you've also gotten us in our own pool. And I think this is a problem because these players do not have proper training and they're right. give them training by splitting the pool. That's not what I think we should do. I think just keeping the pools together is where we should, you know, really focus our efforts. Not where if someone is on a seven win card and someone is on a one or a negative. And I don't think they should ever meet. I do think that when you are on your first four games, you're going to match other players within that same spectrum. Once you get into the five to seven, you start matching other players within that spectrum. And it should prioritize connection. I don't think prioritizing player skill is something that I really want to put a lot of focus on, or maybe they could do a hybrid system of the two. But ultimately, I think that's the major issue, is that players aren't going in with the proper set of skills. And Bungie has offered uh, a Band-Aid to the problem, but they're not addressing the problem, which is the player. So you have some good points. Um, Before I uh, go over my two things that I want to say, I'm going to re-equate everybody with what the lab and what next season's uh, new matchmaking is going to be real quick. Because, like, it has been a minute. So, there will be two dedicated soft pools known as Challenger Pool and Practice Pool. Under ideal circumstances, the two pools won't merge. But if there is a chance that merging the two pools will yield quicker matchmaking, the system will do so. The Challenger Pool will include players who regularly play Trials of Osiris and Destiny 2. This pool will be based entirely on the connection of the player and will not be affected by the number of wins they have on any particular card or their skill. Players who have a card with no losses will be placed in this pool. The practice pool, on the other hand, is aimed at players who have a a little to no experience in Trials of Osiris. This pool will match players on how they perform on a weekly basis and their connection. Ideally, players will be placed in this pool during their first match of the week, or they will ha- or they have a flawed card. This pool also has stop protection if a player is constantly performing bad. Now, here's the thing. What Bungie doesn't seem to understand based on what this system is going to be is that Trials players aren't going to just ride a flawed card. Like, unless it's specifically for you've already gone flawless and you're farming the flawless pool like in the current system, or if you're just like got you have a trial uh, you have a, a trials passage of wealth and you're just farming rank there's no reason to far like to ride a flawed card because the point of trials of osiris is to go flawless there's no uh-huh. point to that so this system is already flawed out of the get-go because what is someone going to do with a flawed card they're going to reset said flawed card and try to go flawless because the point is to, go, to, get, to get to the glorious lighthouse is to go flawless. So this system is very flawed from the jump. And like, regardless of how people feel about connection-based matchmaking versus skill-based matchmaking, I think the, the core issue that Bungie still hasn't addressed and why they're introducing this band-aid, which I love the ways they put that, is... They're not making the other things in PvP appealing. The reason why I say that is because look at comp right now. Comp is a lawless, crazy wonderland where <laughs> people can still use things like Mountaintop and Revoker because it's not lightning, but it's it has ladder matchmaking. So you're facing people in gold tier, a bronze tier, silver tier, adept tier, all the way up to ascended tier, but you still like like can use any weapon regardless of its sunset 
you can still use those weapons. That was why the like the second week of Cop having the new reward system with Rose, they had to nerf Revoker from beyond the grave and say we're not going to like we're going to change it that way it's not being abused in PvP. And that's the the core issue at the heart is we have too many modes that are that are not light enabled. Any competitive mode, whether it be Cop whether well, it should be Trials of Osiris, I'm the one that, that still says it. Iron Banner should be light enabled because the the like the uh, control playlist should always be open, whether Iron Banner exists or not. And that should be where free play is. That should be where casual players go to get their pinnacles, to get their rewards, to farm the seasonal weapon, whatever. That should be where you go to practice. But there also should be elimination how there used to be where elimination was a staple it was always there elimination should be your stepping stone to then going into trials of osiris or elimination and dominion in a rotational pool where you could go and trade for trials of osiris in that system but bungie never told anybody that that's how it used to be prior to witch queen where you had elimination rumble control and then Uh like trials of osiris and like the weekly experimental mode, like mayhem and stuff like that, and then, then uh, Iron Banner would rotate it. But we're not that like there's no like there's no system. Once you do that like opening mission for Shax, where he's like play a control match and then play three comp matches, Shax don't want nothing to do with you no more. He says the Crucible <laughs> beckons Gaudi, and that's it. Like that, like that's all he does. He'll give you some engrams, and that's it. So it really feels like Bungie needs to reevaluate how they guide players because, they, like, to, uh, to uh, Davis' point, Davis like, like it says there's there's not like a whole lot of players that that want to play trials. You you know how many people I see walking into trials of Osiris with PVE mods on that have no idea what they're doing. They have no concept. They have no concept of what's going on. They, they just heard there was good loot. They just heard there what? was good loot and they want to come through. But like exactly. But, but, but the, 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 the alternative to that is there should be like well, A, we need to get like weapons for loot out of trials of Osiris in general. We need to like uh-huh. eliminate that because that takes away like less stress on the player base. Because then they can go, hey, I can play control to get a messenger, but then there's a messenger adept in cop that I can get. If I rank up, that would make a lot more sense. Not, hey, but like if you go flawless in Trials of Osiris, you get a Sparrow, or you get a Shader, or you get like an Ascended Shard. Like that would make a lot more sense from a if you are a high tier swept player, that makes sense if you want the Trials of Osiris armor or emblems or shaders or sparrows or ships. That makes sense. But yeah. in terms of like the, like the casual, that's, that's the only reason why you see casuals in Trials of Osiris because they heard there was good loot. One of the like mm-hmm. the streamers, the streamers go immortals good. The streamers go. Um, you the gotta freaking, have this new weapon, mm-hmm. everywhere, <laughs> and you can yeah. only get it in Trial. Heck, to this day, Arctic Haze from Beyond Light and uh, Summoner up until Emmett came out. 
they were the only solar auto rifles that you could obtain. And then Ambit came out and it was like, oh, wow, we have a solar auto rifle that isn't in Trials of Osiris or in an expansion. You mm-hmm. you could get a, a solar auto rifle. So like, that, mm-hmm. like, like I remember back when because they had rotated Summoner out of the Trials pool. And I was like, oh, it'd be really nice if I had like a solar auto rifle for like match game and stuff like that. Arctic Haze, but the the but the, uh, the like the the pool uh, the pool of perks it has is garbage. Like, what, what am I trash. supposed to do with that? <laughs> so it's just like the, the I feel like if we readjust, if we change the reward system, we start going back to light enabled content, and we actually make cop co- be competitive. It would give people a reason to play competitive. You had like if you go to competitive, you could get like an adept weapon. You could get like cop armor you could get like cop rewards and then mm-hmm. like but then there's still a chance like say if i rank up in bronze to silver there's a chance i get a dead weapon but it's only if i rank up there's a chance if i like and then if it's garbage it's garbage i have no control if it's garbage like the, that that makes more sense to my brain than them going hey yo sweat and get flawless in trials of oh. osiris against some of the worst players in the game so you the know, way that I've seen it, I don't mean to cut anybody Worst out, doesn't most toxic, by the way. <laughs> I yes. feel like the way to fix trials, you can fix it by simply merging the pools, making it connection-based, right? Make it connection-based. Let the players that enjoy the game mode have their fun. Because mm-hmm. right now, as it stands, they're not happy because they are shackled to the floor so that other people can at least come in and somewhat get stuff done. But if you take away the their need to make sure that other players get stuff out of it, then you can just let them run rampant. Let them have fun. Exactly. Take away exactly. the need to do that. But and what, what yeah. I would suggest is to, instead of when you level up, uh, Saint, you get a uh, regular version of whatever the new adept, uh, whatever the new trials weapons are, right? Make it to where on your first reset of Saint, you get the non-adept version. But on your second reset, you get an adept version of both weapons. That would then allow players to then turn in flawed cards to go yeah. buy them. Well, not but, only but that. Good idea. You still gotta play seven, like set. Yeah, you seven wins, and you gotta have the resources to buy it. And then just make going flawless fun. Put stuff in there, shaders, emblems. Uh, I've often said they should the make like a really goes. cool, flawless set of oh, armor really? for people to go and chase. Stuff like that. Like, but I think too many people hold flawless adept weapons as the trials trophy it is in of itself the identification of status to too many players they look at it as this is my reward is that i get better weapon so that i can flex how many better weapons i have Mm. whilst other people are using the normal weapon i get to have the better weapon for me and the rest of the game. 
But even then, you know, like the, the, the hot the hot take that no one wants to hear, and the thing that Bungie doesn't explain to nobody, which I was having, I was talking to the clan about this when it came to like grandmasters versus master. The adept isn't that different than the regular. It's not like oh, if I get the adept, I get like twenty freaking range on it. No, it has a little bit of a difference, and it can hold adept mods. Whoop de doo, you get adept mods. It's like oh, like, I think it's like ten. 10 bonus but even then like to this day you still see people with regular messengers regular eyes of soul regular shira's wrath or like regular uh palindromes like etc you like you have regular versions of guns that dominate to this day with trials report i was looking at trials report and for like the the, the last two months regular immortal and immortal adept are all cranking people to death like I think Immortal alone, Immortal and Immortal Adept alone have had the most kills in the history of Trials of Osiris in its existence. Both of them, not just the Adept, both of them. So it, it feels like, like that's the one thing that I, I not only with the reward thing of guiding players, Bungie needs to explain to people, hey yo, this gun is just as good, if not only a little bit lesser than the adept one your heart's like like you're not gonna be like losing out the world if you don't get the adept like right. it's okay well i i'm piggyback for you raise a good point because not only are adept weapons not as prestigious as they once were i'm more impressed by people who actually go and craft enhanced versions of the guns now instead mm. like the right? hold more prestige than adept weapons because not only do you need to get the adept weapon, but you also need to get the adept mod to make yes. that weapon available in the way that you want, versus just collecting the resources and going to the crafting table and making the weapon you really want to use. Like Ken's uh -huh. Law right now, that I use ninety nine percent of the times more than I use my Forgiveness Adept sidearm. It's a good weapon. But the brigand's law is exactly the way that I want it to be. So that means I get to use it more often. With brigand's law, you really right. don't have that sort of, you know, inconsistency. And honestly, brigand's law is a better perk pool than forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Forgiveness is a good weapon, but you also have to give your your experience to chance. So you don't really know what you're going to get for the time that you invest in it. So when I see yeah. somebody with an adept weapon, again, it really doesn't really sing I'm a great player. It just sings that, you know, maybe I got carried or maybe I was just consistent. It's just we we have other avenues to flex. Mm -hmm. I feel like exactly i perfectly agree i can't say it any better i i like that we got got to a pretty neutral point so let's go ahead and move on from last week real quick before i go any further zay why don't you like give people your like origin story when it comes to like destiny like like why like when the ghost woke you up what made you want to care about this game and like how far have you come okay so the very first experience i had with destiny 2 was actually during its early press reveal when they were showcasing a lot of what the game was for me, I had seen it and immediately drew the comparison to Halo. So it was already appealing right out the get-go because I grew up playing Halo and that was something that I had as a child and along with many other games back when. It was just, it, it felt great to shoot, it felt great to play and it had a lot of nostalgia to it. So Destiny, when it was first shown, it still had that nostalgic vibe even when it was new. So when I got my hands on it and finally had a chance to play and was, you know, offered the selection of Titan, Hunter, and Warlock, it was a very crossroad moment, especially looking back at it now, because I really don't know what sort of player I would be if I picked any of the other two aside from Warlock. 
So when I first got into the mission and it rose me up and it started, you know, playing me through all the the many points on how the game worked, I wasn't really invested right away. I was like, you know what? This game feels good, but it's not really what I thought it would be until I threw my first Nova Bomb. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know yes. what that moment that just made me say this game is fucking awesome excuse my language oh you're <laughs> fine sense, because i think it was the audio design in combination with the visuals and the explosions of what i just did and i don't even think i really knew how i did it right away because at the time i'm trying to remember whether or not if it had a prompt for me to do it or if i just put the two and two together and did it but it was just it was a very strong moment there and all i wanted to do after that was discover more of the game going forward Heck yeah. So eventually having, you know, a couple of years under my belt, getting Sherpa myself into different raids and playing through House of Wolves and everything. I actually joined a Facebook group back when this was early. I want to say 2015, 2016. And from there on, I met up with a couple of friends there and then we opened up the together and we all started moderating it. And it's actually one of the biggest ones on Facebook today. And we help people every day that come in who need help and they need to get a little bit of experience on different mechanics or different activities or just even for me personally, I like to showcase a lot of fashion throughout the week or specifically on Fridays. So wow. I found myself in most comfortable where when new guardians come up or when new players come in, I'm like, hey, what class do you pick? I can make you look the best. So <laughs> all right, all right. Fashion the true end game also, Warlock <laughs> Brother. Thank you. Yeah. Ashley Not the only there. warlock sitting in here right now. <laughs> Without All right. me being gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let, let's go ahead and dive into this week because yesterday Bungie kind of like shook up the sandbox and the, but then like didn't do enough shaking, yeah. in my opinion, because it was like, hey, you did some stuff that we've been asking for for like a like a century, but then and then they changed a couple other things. But they didn't do enough, and I'm like, okay, yeah. like yeah. it's very, it's very interesting. So let's go ahead and dive in. So the first thing that we got was, was the, on Wednesday was the exotic changes, and we're gonna go down each list, we talk about it, and we'll go from there. So, Atheris Embrace gain additional strength while the exotic uh, uh, weighted knife is, is damage bonus is active. This is gonna get nerfed real quick. Uh-huh. I, I can tell you hunters get nerfed instantly, but I think it might be a little under underwhelming because okay, speak on it. it's gonna like okay. So when I think about an exotic, right, mm. you have to weigh: is it worth wasting your exotic slot on a mediocre buff or a mediocre kind of like extra ability? That's the reason why I think, what is it, uh, uh, Shinobu's Vow. Fantastic exotic. It's really sitting in a really good place. Right. Would I run that over Liar's Handshake or, what is it, Assassin's Cow or Mm -hmm. Star Eater Scales? Probably not. Nope. Unless I'm trying to run, like, a grenade build, but, like, it's not in a place where it's competitive in the meta. Mm. And I think yeah. that's where Arthur's Embrace is going to sit. But like, I, I feel as if if the buff that it gives you where you're generating weighted knives like too much ends up being a problem because it already has a second bounce to it. 
So if we end up in a world where people are just chucking bounce dives every two seconds, that's going to get really annoying. So like, I, I, like I, uh, I think there was someone on Twitter who said, wait till season 22, it's going to get nerfed. So like, I'm willing to, to see where it goes, but I don't know about that one. Uh, I, I'm, one I'm hoping Bungie had enough foresight in terms of how the players interact with the sandbox now. And they said, okay, these changes are going to only offer a, a minimal benefit to the exotic, where it's more than what it had because it didn't have it before, but it's not so much that it becomes the, the dominant choice or the only choice. Because I really don't like a sandbox where there is a weapon, there is a armor that you have to have for every activity. That, that for me, is, is poor, poor balance and poor design. So I'm a whole exactly. thing. I completely agree. I totally agree. Uh, moving on to the next one that I am stressed, stressed. Oh, uh, Oathkeeper, Oathkeepers. So uh, with Oathkeepers, they're making it when fully drawn, bows gain bonus damage against combatants that increase as you hold the draw, but deactivates after a few seconds. So basically, for a few seconds, if you like hold, wait a few seconds and then it deactivates, you get like one shot potential with the monarch, and I'm like, oh no, like that's, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I'm I'm, I'm really concerned because like the Monarch has been a, a sleeper, like a, a right under the top ten of trials every week for like months and months and months to the point that everyone's like nerf the Monarch, nerf the Monarch because ah. if you if you get a clean headshot, the poison can bring you to almost like death, if not full death. So it, when it comes to high tier PvP right now, the Monarch is very much a secondary choice to every hunter. So when you see Oath Keepers now, it's going to be, oh, so you're just one-shotting everybody. And it's just, it's really concerning. Right. You know? Though, honestly, I'm not even really afraid of the Monarch. I'm actually more afraid of two other options. The first... Yeah, I really want to oh. hear that. I was Ooh, just okay, about okay, to say okay, a similar okay. thing. Come on. The other two options I feel like may actually end up being more threatening in the sandbox is Wishender. Wishender and Trinity Ghoul. Yes. That's exactly what I was about to I can see Wishender. Trinity Ghoul, Wishender, I'm worried. I can see the worry because Wallhacks plus one shot potential could get really scary. Yeah, because it already hits harder than any other bow in the game. Mm hmm. Especially now that it has anti-barrier potential, it's kind of, I, I, I see the concern. Okay, yeah. So, Oath Keepers is already on the chopping block of you need to go down. Um, I will say, if Wish Enter doesn't get nerfed, the Monarch's going to end up getting nerfed because this is going to expose the fact that, that Bungie's been ignoring people saying nerf the Monarch for, like, months. So that's going right. to be a fun time. Um, Raiju's uh -huh. Harness. When deactivating your arc super, you create a blinding explosion that temporarily increases your arc weapon damage. However, blocking with Whirlwind Guard will no longer consume energy more slowly. So basically they just said, hey, yo, you can cancel with Raiju's Harness and make an explosion and get, a, and get increased arc weapon damage, but you don't get to slow your stuff anymore. Because that was starting to be a problem when R3.0 came out. Like every hunter would like hot swap to Raiju's and then just run around and block everything. So oh, thankfully they introduced the exotic uh, swap thing. But now this is going to like permanently ground the idea that they can just walk around with Whirlwind Guard and block everything the entire round. So yes. I dig that. I dig it. I think it's mostly a good change as well. Okay. Um, any, any thoughts, uh, Hunter Maid? I'll be honest with you. Uh, like in PvP, maybe that might get some play. 
but that's the only place it'll see play. Honestly. I mean, that, that, that blinding is... guard can be kind of handy for PvE, too, though, because, like, that can be really, like, a reason to run Raiju's in PvE. Nobody's going to pick uh, regular Arc Staff over Gathering Storm. That's fair. With, uh, like, it, the niche is kind of there, maybe, if they buff Arc Staff as a super and give it a reason to be ran, but... As PV as the sandbox is right now, ease of use of gathering storm, I can just fucking throw it and keep going and let it do its thing. Put on like fucking star eater scales, and yeah, there's really no point in right. Rising I like what they were doing with some of the roaming supers in general, implying um applying a lot of different verbs. I feel like mm-hmm. with um, Arc Strider or Arc Staff in particular, you know that final blast that you make when you finish a uh, a combo? Mm-hmm. I feel like that combo at the very end of it should have a verb attached to it. In PvE anyway, because I know that blast will just one-shot anything in PvP. So it won't really make much of a difference with a verb applied to it, but I feel like it would do itself justice in PvE if it had something there too. I can see like Jolt That's fair. Brian. I can yeah. All right. Um, Radiant Dance Machines kills while your free dodge is active, extend the duration of the free dodger. No longer deactivates when you get too far away from enemies, deactivates after using a suspending slam. So, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen okay. To me. Okay. $20. I put $20 down right now. That takes a nerf. Person. See, like, what, what was so funny Guaranteed. is when, when, when Radiant like, Dance man. Machines came back, from D1, it caught a nerf within the first week. They had to deactivate yeah. it because you could dodge so much with it. You got, like, not only were you constantly freezing people with stasis, but you were, that, that you generated your super so fast in certain activities that people were walking into Gambit and then invading off rib with super. Like, that was disgusting. That was hilarious. Yeah. So, it was gross. As the, as the resident Gambit main, that was the grossest thing ever. Yeah. And I have words about Hunter Supers and Gambit, but we're not going to go there because we've heard my words and we're not talking about Gambit. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think them eliminating the having to stand by enemies is good because that was kind of annoying and that's what made people not want to mess with radio damage dance machines. But I mm-hmm. think... I think the kills refreshing the free dodge might be a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah 100%. But oh, I yeah. don't think people quite grasp the, like, utility of it. Because this isn't, like, it only has a restriction for one subclass. But it's definitely going to need one for arc. I'm already cooking a build in my head right now specifically for it. Just oh to have, God. like, uh, we are combination blow, but disorienting blow, just in rolling the fuck around, punching the shit, lying <laughs> the shit out of Yeah, It's going right. to be nasty. All right, that, all right. The fact that I'm going to be jolting the fuck out of people everywhere, because unless they make it to where that dodge doesn't reset that uh, other aspect, our country is going to be a problem. It probably it uh-huh. Now, here's the one that's got every motherfucker upset. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I have words, and I'm not even on there. I have so many words. This is going to be a great conversation. So, <laughs> Stompies. 
Removed airborne effectiveness penalties. You only gain increased speed, slide slide distance, and improved jumping while your dodge energy is full. Now, real quick before I let everyone else go off. Hey, yo, hunters. And this is this is excluding Dave because he hates zombies. Um, hunt PvP hunters, especially you uh PvP hunters that like sweat so much that all you know how to do is mash your X or your A button or your space bar. Um get bent because y'all were y'all were hating on us for shoulder oh. charge. Um, I'm the F damn, down. Also, like, this is gonna be an issue. So, like, no, because like, here's my here's my hot take that like no one wants to hear. To this day, I'm looking at trials report right now. To this day, Stompies makes up for 10.8 percent of the used exotic. It is the most used exotic in PvP for hunters. To this day. Especially even after the the introduction of airborne effectiveness, it still remained one of the more, one of the most used exotic. Even though you saw things like uh, Young Ahamkara spine come out, which we will get to in a minute. Um, yeah. the, like the, like you you know you saw things like Wormhus come back or Backris come back or Spine come back. You still saw Stompy sit at the top of the board because of how much utility it offers you. You don't see things like transversive steps. Well, transversive steps is up there because of, of the speed, because of the, uh, the uh, freaking speed boost. But like, you don't see Lion Rampants up here. You like, oh. like, the, like you don't see uh, Wings of Sacred Dawn up here. No, you don't. I mean, you, you know. You see, you see Stompies <laughs> up here because Stompies I lets would. you do so much as just base level and people are like well it's a utility it's a neutral game exotic do you know how much hate titan neutral game exotics get like peacekeepers doom marchers um synthoseps and dais wards what i mask like all these neutral game exotics that have nothing to do with elemental based stuff hunters hate but when people are like Uh yo stompies are a problem and they're like well why can't you just look upward and shoot us because the problem is, for some reason, Bungie <laughs> thought it was a good idea to make it so you can jump over people 15 feet in the air, have perfect accuracy with a shotgun, and kill someone before they can flick their stick up and, and aim at you. Like, right? Huh? Right. Yep. That's exactly like Yeah, go ahead. We have weapons in the game that don't even require aim to begin with. Like a grenade launcher is a good example right. of that. Mm. So airborne effectiveness yep. doesn't really have any way on that. So whether somebody jumps in the air and then blasts you, they're still descending. By the time they hit the ground, the player has already basically lost the duel because they have no help. Anything will pick them off. So that's why stuff like sidearms and like SMGs have become popular because they don't have as much of a penalty from the air, especially when you're doing blinting. So it it didn't really solve the problem. It just gave it a new problem. And not only that, if a hunter runs a like, because I remember all, last week everyone was saying, "Well, if a titan runs a hundred uh, strength, they won't have any problem with their shoulder charge." Listen here, Bucko, if you run a hundred mobility, you shouldn't have no problems with, your, with, with getting your dodge back, right? All right, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Like, yep. honestly, when you think about it, this really isn't a nerf to Stompies. It it's isn't an inconvenience. It's a grounding, if you yep. will. In my it, opinion, it, because your dodge no, comes back like every it's not 15, even 20 that. seconds. Something like that. So, but even, like, yeah, it, yeah. Go ahead. It's uh, a, no, 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 you're, you're the hunter man, go for it. You're the hunter man, go for it. So, the way I look at it is, the thing that makes Stompies good is not its ability, right? It's perk that makes it overpowered. Because you could give 
Stompies to uh, Blueberry, and they won't know like how to use it. You could tell them what to do with it, but there is a large skill ceiling to being able to use Stompies the way that pisses everybody else off effectively. Like all it does I, is boost your jump and your slide. Like it just makes being a hunter a little bit easier. But you still have to have the FPS skills and reflexes to really take advantage of it. Like honestly, I feel like people use it because there aren't any really good hunter exotics that really change your gameplay enough to warrant using it versus most hunters relying on their like fps reflexes in pvp like yeah you got young arm car spine but that's just throw a grenade but you still gotta rely on don't don't say that don't say that because spine can one shot spine has one one shot potential Yeah, it can one shot you, but that's the same as like Titan Peregrine Greece, right? Like, I have to waste an exotic slide just to be able to get that. But even then, if you compare compare it to Peregrine Greaves, though, I have to make sure that I jump to trigger it. All you have to do is chuck a grenade downfield, and as long as you hit a wall, you have one shot potential. Right. I mean, but and of course, land we don't have any one-shot potential. Nope. I agree. Oh, yeah, we so can't even use gun bracers in freaking uh, PvP. The last time we had our, one-shot our, our potential, one we had handheld supernova, and we know no, 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 right, well, no, right now, y'all have one-shot potential, potential with lightning surge, so don't you don't think you're out of the uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, like, no, like, 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 like the getaway audience. Uh, Lightning Surge could have got a whole team in PvP, so don't, no, y'all ain't out the woods. But in <laughs> terms of this, I th- I think the biggest thing that I that I want to say to hunters is a there were like you, you y'all had so much to say about shoulder charge. Now you get you got your kabuppets, but also mm-hmm. you are like you get your dodge back so fast. There's not going to be a problem. You have and also to to throw another another boat at you. Y'all had so much to say about barricade getting nerfed, and you're like, oh, well, now you have to build into resilience to make sure your barricade comes back. Cool. Now you have to build into um, uh, for, into mobility for your dodge to come back, which mm-hmm. almost every hunter did. It's just now, because of the new mod system, you don't have powerful friends to lead on. So now you actually have to build into your stuff correctly, and you're yeah, sad I mean, about it. That's not exactly yep. a one-to-one fair. How is that not fair? Like, and I say that as a hunter main, right? mobility is today what resilience was like years ago it is a useful stat don't get me wrong it allows you to be more mobile with your straight speed and it gives you a little extra umph in your jump but are you really willing to risk your recovery your grenade or your fucking ability to like take gunfire because if you got like a one or two in Brazil, you're gonna hate your fucking life if you got a one or two <laughs> in your recovery you're gonna hate your life you're gonna hate your life if you don't have any discipline the only other dump stat that hunters have is intellect and if you're running pvp chances are you're not gonna be trying to dump that either because that's a game changing tide changing tool i mean so you I don't want that high to mind that maybe I mean, yeah. 
like you might be able to, you know, confuffle with strength a little bit there, you know, because we have our hunter dodge, but like hunters are the only class that really struggle to get like quad 100s or uh, what is it? Uh, like triple 100. Because we I mean, always point... have to account for having some mobility and not being able to dump any other stat. Like, hell, I mean, we were playing Bone you know, the other day. I have an interesting proposal for this sort of thing. It's been uh, on my I, I, I feel like I'm about to say the same thing. I'm excited to see what you say. Yeah. Just cla- make class ability its own stat. That's what, that's what I think they should do. Just make class ability its own stat. Like, stop tying into recovery because some warlocks don't even bump and go into recovery. Stop putting into resilience because resilience is a, a like literal defense stat. But stop tying into mobility because mobility doesn't really have any relevance anymore. Like, have class ability be its own stat. That you right. have to spec into, or mm-hmm. what if, for example, they instead tied your uh, class ability stat to the intellect stat? Ooh. So Ooh. you saying uh, class ability and super regen? Yeah, yep, they both apply the same. Ooh. That would free up the resilience yeah. slot. That would free yeah. up the recovery slot, and that would free up the mobility slot. And not only that, here's my second proposal. What if instead of you know mobility-based exotics that increase your speed and slide distance and jump height, what if instead the mobility stat was responsible for that in and of itself? Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, you're a hunter and you invest all of your resources into, into mobility. So you're sitting at 100. That would be the equivalent or greater than something like Stompies. So that way mm-hmm. you don't have to rely on the exotic itself to actually provide these benefits. In fact, the exotic can then just augment some other aspect of your ability to move. Like, take Bones of Ao, for example, for hunters, where they had an additional jump. That way, you're Mm. not really busting the exotic, you're just giving them more to work with. So that way, Mm. the the actual mobility value in other ways for every class. This also frees up stuff like, you know, Dune Marchers. It frees up stuff like Transversal Steps. So that way, they're not just solely reliant on what they can do. You can do these things without the exotic. So that way, it becomes more, you know, accessible for all players. That okay. makes a lot of sense. All right. It does. That, you it know, does. that okay. leads me to one of my most controversial opinions that will probably it. get me strung up somewhere by all <laughs> the Titan mains. Okay, go for it. Look, I am of the opinion that for this hunt that uh-huh. because of strand hunters deserve to get a version of the twilight garrison for hunters oh huh? really yes huh? you, already, you already get two grapples explain we get yeah. two grapples but that's exactly why right remember also, when what? remember when we had the discourse i knew he was gonna say that remember when uh-huh. we had the discourse about icarus dash and twilight garrison what did bungie say they said this is a part of the uh, warlock identity, yeah. right? It's supposed to be a part of their kit because their kit was designed for aerial combat, uh-huh. right? That is what Strand is for hunters. Strand is the hunter aerial combat class. That is what it's supposed to be with the double grapple, boom, boom. But when you're in the air as a hunter, you have, you are at your weakest when you're in the air yeah. because you're either gonna go up or you're gonna go down 
mm-hmm. you moving around any other plane of like existence is your shit. You just fucked up. And that's why people you know, like, I wouldn't mind even if they gave them somewhat of a Wings of Sacred Dawn situation where yeah. it's not exactly Twilight Garrison, but it's not exactly Wings, it's something in between. So oh, there man. is some form of control and, you know, directional movement with what you're doing. Because I agree, because if they want you to be in the air, there needs to be a reason for that. It, it, you know, a little bit more than yeah. what they provide the, to the class currently. Like Strand on every class is fantastic. I don't think we could really argue that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't lean more into what the class identity is trying to, you know, apply. Mm-hmm. Sorry I think my biggest concern, I, I, I agree with you that like it makes sense from like a theoretical level. My biggest concern though is you, you, you as hunters, I've kind of already been dabbling in other other people's pie because like <laughs> sim- because similar to how Titans just got their own dodge, y'all just got Blake back from D one when the Warlocks got Blake for uh for, for yeah. they, they just yeah. gave, that is true. they just that gave you true. Blake back. So I'm I mean, very much like it, it, it very much has me kind of like debating going like how many different things are you going to want to steal from the warlock kit you know what i mean well, like it's not it, so much about stealing it from the kit right what like hunters are supposed to be a mobility class right and if strand is going to be our aerial combat class like having aerial mobility options is essential i think it's essential to okay the class. Oh, having the I'm... ability to dodge not even like all kinds of crazy shenanigans in the air. Just having the ability to move laterally, aerial in like the air, would benefit the hunter class, and it just adds to the flair of like the whole Spider-Man dynamic that we're supposed yeah. to be. Being able to twist and flip in the air to have a little bit of mobility and a little bit of like evasion options in the air. I have a question for you specifically about this then. How would you feel if Bungie then, to your point, made an aspect that allowed the hunter to create anchor points at the enemies that they defeat? For example, let's say you're using a strand weapon and you defeat someone, whether it be precision final blow or just a final blow in general. When you do, it creates a strand anchor point for your grapple hook to hook to that enemy's point to then move into their location once you defeat them. And this could be infinitely refreshed among many different enemies that you defeat, PvE or PvP. How do you think that would support the mobility gain for the hunters? I think it would actually be pretty good. I think the uh, grapple is actually pretty, like, responsive. It Mm -hmm. might take a little bit of practice, but, you know, uh, what's it? I used to say, uh, fucking uh, skills and rewards, right? Mm-hmm. So, I would like that. If we can't get Twilight Garrison, something like that would be useful. Right, because I, I think it would also play well into the exotic, where when you use your mm-hmm. grapple hook, you gain woven mail. So it has a lot of value in something like PvE, where once you take down enemies and you want to push forward, because that's often what we're doing. When we're in PvP, we're beating enemies and we're moving through them. If you have an anchor point, you can always confidently grab onto it, move into the crowd, use the melee to create threadlings and just decimate anything nearby, and just repeat the cycle because your strand weapon 
is responsible for that. Not only that, you've got fragments in your kit that also sever targets when you lay into them with a strength. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of synergy there, especially with an aspect because you can also control the amount of slots you get with this sort of thing. So I think instead right. of making an exotic entirely, which on Bungie's end does require a lot of resources, I think they could better, better allocate those resources to something like an aspect. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's um, a good that's a now, really good. Now, for the last time you're exotic, um, Bacris changed uh, changed to use a tier four non-stacking weapon damage bonus, and this is going to be brought up a few more times across the, the, this article because they did this to a lot of things, like Path of Burning Steps, Mantle of Battle Harmony, uh, Sacred Alchemy, where they made it so you can't link surge mods with the with these exotics to make them more powerful, but the trade-off is. The, but the exotic itself gives you a damage increase that's worth like three weapon surge mods. So it's an interesting trade off where they're like, hey, you get a damage, uh, like you get a damage uh, boost after you activate this ability, um, 25 for PVE, um, but 6% in, PV- in PvP, and no, and like no longer stacks with surge mods, but provides a larger bonus to achieve. So I'm, I'm a, like I, I think for Path of Burning Steps and say with Alchemy and Mask of Backers, that makes sense. But I'm gonna jump to but when we get down to Warlock, there's one thing that I want to talk about. But uh, in terms of Backers, oh, no. <laughs> I think I think this is cool. I think this is all right. Like Backers wasn't really doing nothing other than giving you a big dodge. So like, I right, cool, whatever. I'm like, probably fair. <laughs> I think yeah. it's fair, personally. I have no grievances with it at all. Yeah. All right, now for Titans, we oh. cooking. We cooking. Because after all the bitching I did, after all the bitching I did last week, Bungie was like, hey, yo, we feel you. So we're going to give you a little so, 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 so we're going to actually give you some I'm gonna pass y'all a little W for the time being. He's like, so like, happy. We get a W, and I'm very excited about this. So point contact can embrace. Bungie finally said, hey, yo, we heard you when we released a crap exotic. So we're going to actually fix the crap exotic. So. Lightning strikes from the point uh, uh, contact can embrace now jolt targets increase PVE damage per lightning bolt from 50 to 200 and, and being uh-huh. amplified now increases the damage of the lightning strikes by 50% instead of accelerate. So for those who don't know what currently what um, Thunderclap does is just a big boost if you fully charge it, it has one shot potential in PvP. It does like a, a bunch of kills in, in PvE. It will, in PvE, it will reverse that PvE, PvP to PvE. And with point contact can embrace, when you when you use a thunderclap, not only does it create a giant shockwave, it creates additional lightning strikes that are supposed to do additional damage to things around the different targets. But in, in, in true fashion, Bungie nerfed it into the ground the first week of Season of the Plunder because it was kind of busted to where it could kill a Lordly Titan pre-nerf of Restoration 2, <laughs> like, like just with the exotic. So I, I, I felt, I understood why they did it, but there had to be a comfy medium. I think this is the comfy medium because now with, with this exotic, Titans have a, a, a reason to run uh, Thunderclap and, P- and PvE for, like, GMs and stuff because you can Thunderclap and, and stun an Overload champion you, because Jolt stuns Overloads. So you have that potential now. I think it's really freaking cool. I love this. I'm, I'm so hyped for this. 
I think it's fantastic. It, it gives so much more value to that exotic, which, by the way, yeah. aesthetically is gorgeous. It's it's so beautiful. I got the first day it came out, and then it was like, oh, it's it's disabled. I can't use it. Well, never mind. Like it yeah. just right in it's so, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> now he, here's here here here's the here's the back at it like a crack at it for your boy. My favorite <laughs> exotic in the history of Destiny. No backup plans. But because here's the thing, prior to like like in its current state, no backup plans is, is functional. It's very like mid tier functional to where well, how it works is you you expend your melee energy when you get a shotgun kill and you get like a fifty a fifty point overshield, a void overshield for like a little bit of time. But then each shotgun kill re, like like oh like like gives you like I think it's like fifty or twenty percent of your melee back. That way you can get get to a point where you can then shotgun again and get an overshield. But then Bungie was like, hey, yo, we going to rework that motherfucker. So replacing the old functionality entirely, it now provides a moderate benefit to airborne effectiveness and reload speed of your shotguns. And then while you have a void overshield, shotguns deal additional damage. And shotgun final blows refresh your overshield. And then while you're using the void subclass, rapid shotgun final blows, or and we're defeating a powerful enemy, which similar to like things like unrelenting will probably mean a guardian, you gain a, a void overshield and kicks off your health generation. So it, so from what this reads, it probably doesn't matter about um your strength, your strength or your melee anymore. It's not tied to your melee. So it works similar to what I amassed now, where you just get the benefit. And the, 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 what I love about the wording is, it don't matter where you get an overshield from, cowboy. You can just throw down a bastion barricade and roll up into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely filthy what they're doing. I, I, I love I'm this. Afraid because... <laughs> of where it's going to go with PvP, but I'm also excited because I'd like to see people jump into new ways to play we're just hunters to, and warlocks we're just gonna have to adapt we have to all, all like all i can say is y'all better roll your fusion rifles back out because you're gonna see a, <laughs> you're gonna see an uptick of of just aping shotguns and rolling in deep and like if you aren't ready to counter that that's on you like right. th- this finally gives boys something to do besides run like Armamentarium for an extra grenade, or like a neutral game exotic like Synthoseps or or uh, Dune Marchers. Something that's specifically tied to the Void Kit is getting a buff. Like I, that's what that's what I, that's what I get so annoyed by when it comes to PvP talk. Is everyone's like, oh, when I mass Dune Marchers, uh, Synthoseps, and Peacekeepers are so busted, and Tayas weren't so busted. Those are all neutral game exotics. What about the elemental exotics that Bungie has left in the dirt. Now uh-huh. we're seeing a rise in the potential of them. Like the next one, Second Chance, where the shield throw melee now weakens enemies and stunning the barrier champion with your shield throw now refunds a shield charge. Bravo. Oh, so Bravo. Nice. That feels entirely natural to the exotic. I'm very yeah. happy. I don't know why you didn't just get a refill of your melee charge from the jump with Second Chance. Because like, not only has since Second Chance come out, they had to make it so one shield throw stuns a champion. Have like after like two seasons, 
Then they had mm-hmm. to go. Now they're like, okay, cool. Now you get a shield charge back, uh, like back from stunning a champion. Why wouldn't you just make those re- like the, the the kit from jump? Like we don't even right. need the weekend part of it. That should have just been the base level of the of the of the arm from jump. Because to this day, there's no reason to run this exotic other uh, uh, like uh, instead of Ursa Furiosa. Now this actually has potential to run other than Ursa Furiosa because it offers another champion thing, and you can run it like, like, like a grenade launcher or something else. So I love this so good. Bravo. Um, stronghold. No one really cares, but like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it a bug because, like, who's using a sword in anything right now? Let's be, let's keep, let's keep it like other than eager edging. Like, who's gonna use uh-huh. stronghold even with this chain? Like, there's like five people who use it because what, what they're doing now is when you stop blocking, you gain restoration too, uh, for a short duration, which like, like, it, like it has a longer duration for every shot you block. So, like, if you're just the craziest person running a sword build for your titan. Bravo, but I just I I, I don't I don't I don't know. I feel that. like I know some people who do people are willing to give it credit for. I mean, like I think if you just have us ha- if you just have someone who's just vehemently against running Thunder Crash and Atrax, you can be like, hey, yo, put put the stronghold on and run Lament. Like that's right. that's all I can really see from this. Is right. just like lament builds have a way to regen health. Like if you're doing um yeah. the first encounter in uh in duality with uh the dude from uh freaking Chronosaro. Like, my boy Gowron. Like people who mm-hmm. fight Gowron have a re- a health regen now. Other than that, I don't really see about like like even with this stronghold yeah, is not running be lament, here. they already have a health regen anyways, mm-hmm. because all you gotta do is shield with lament and you get your health back right so like i just oh. I, I don't see the utility it's, of this even with the change i'm like eh, that's cool for sore here's people something that you should probably look out for though in particular okay. sometimes or in a lot of different cases with exotics when they include verbs like restoration uh they don't always apply to just when you're using that subclass i'll give you an example here reign of fire I can Ooh. use Rain of Fire on any subclass. It doesn't apply Radiant only to, to Solar. So if I'm using Stasis and I get a Fusion Rifle kill, I still get Radiance. So I think there mm-hmm. is value in Stronghold in that regard, assuming it takes that same route. So that way, if you're using something like Strand and you're in a duel and you've got your Stronghold and you have a sword, you could pull the sword out to use it as a way to gain health. You could bait shots. So that way you go into fire, take those, take those shots, move out of fire, put your shield down and get your health back. So there are, there's play potential to kind of get the opponent to push you, to right. get frustrated with what they're doing with you, or to even feel confident enough to do that. Because with the sort of sword that you might be using, that might have a lot of potential to it. That's uh-huh. true. Okay. I'm honestly thinking it's got a lot of potential, honestly. I don't like, know. The first thing well, that just popped into my head is a fucking hard shadow. Ooh. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Might just okay. Okay. Hard shadow because no one runs hard shadow right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one runs so hard shadow. shadow. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Now for the big one. Bungie finally gave me the thing that I've been saying since prior to Season of the Plunder. They finally did the thing that I have been begging on this podcast for them to do. They 
finally buffed. They they finally reworked Eternal Warrior. Praise the God, bro. (laughs) Like, I I straight up said, hey, yo, why didn't when uh, Arc 3.0 come out, y'all didn't buff uh, Eternal Warrior? They're like, no one said anything. Like, you you reworked Lorely, you reworked Phoenix Cradle. Like, why didn't you do something with this? No response. I'm like, bruh. But now, so Eternal Warrior, rapid takedowns with an arc weapon grant escalating bonus to your arc weapon damage using the same non-stacking damage bonuses used by surge bots. This can go all the way up to tier 4 damage bonus, granting a damage bonus of 25% of PvE or 6% PvP, uh, providing a larger bonus that uh, that can be achieved with 3 surge mods equipped. While at tier 4 damage bonus, arc kills refresh the bonus's duration after you use Fists of Havoc, you gain the tier 4 bonus damage. So, Aikilos SMG Titans rejoice because Volt Shot is about to go hard. That's all I'm about to say. They made this exotic one of the more top tier choices going into PvE for next season. I don't know how it's going to perform in PvP, but it's definitely going to be a top shelf option for PvE. There might be a reason to run Eternal Warrior in a GM now, because like not only with last week's uh, reports about the reworking this is having to provide blind, you might have a reason to be able to blind over like champions and stun them. So yeah. this might be a really cool thing where you're jolting targets with like like your like your SMG or your or your sidearm, and then pulling up and doing bonus damage to things. This could be a really cool kit. I'm really excited for the first time ever to run Eternal Warrior. Now that fashion is gonna be whack, but I don't care. <laughs> right? Now, you I'm, know I'm hoping with an ornament. ornament. It's one of the <laughs> one of the only. Well, not one of the only. It's got one, one ornament, but the ornament has hideous. Yeah. It's, um, okay. Okay. Its base look is is disgusting, and the ornament just bleh, even worse. It just changes color and makes it look like weird as hell. Um, yeah. Jeffrey's <laughs> horn, uh, an exotic that looks hideous from jump, but actually gets a pretty good uh, ornament. Now, solar damage wave scorches targets. Now, here's the thing: if you use Kefri's horn with strand, with strand suspend, it's kind of dirty. So, uh. if the, if this scorches enough that it causes an ignition. This might actually give people a reason to run Strand Kefri's Horn builds. Right. I, I don't not- know how powerful oh, yeah. it'll be, but we'll see. This exotic is going to live or die on that that verb specifically. Yep, I, exactly. All it now, I feel like it's going to apply at least somewhere close to around 60, 60 stacks. If it doesn't do what it did when Energy Accelerant is a thing where it had the potential to like one shot somebody, no one's gonna run it in PvP. I'll tell you that right right now. Like no one's gonna run Kefri's Horn in PvP, and it's gonna and, and not gonna be worth any time. Now, granted, if you, t- uh, if you if you combine it with Strand and you can pop the barricade, suspend someone, cause them to be like low health, that might have some utility. But the lesser tracking from only having one of the lashes and not having the, the ambient leap. That's gonna play a big factor, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, um, right. any like any thoughts on Kefri Storm other than how ugly it is? <laughs> no. All right, cool. Um, Path of the Burning Steps is facing the same fate as Eternal Warrior and Vesper and and uh, Backers, where they're changing it overall. With this change, with like the six percent and the, and removing the, the 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 weapon surge, I think this is a big misstep. 
because Bungie's taking away the potential, especially for PvE, where like these exotics started to see some utility. You saw people making Path of Burning Steps build. You saw people making um freaking Mantle of Battle Harmony builds. We're gonna get to that in a second. Um, like saw builds actually taking full, like shape. These like lesser used exotics. Now they're like putting them all on a benchmark similar to what they did with like um uh uh freaking Ursa Furiosa and Shards of Galanor and the the Archer Pants, where they're all on the same like only get half your super thing. It's like why why are you putting all these damage exotics in the same category? It feels really weird, especially with the warlock one, which we'll get to. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it seems sort of odd when they uniform all these exotics when they don't perform the same way. Mm-hmm. It just it feels real weird. If I'm being honest, I honestly think this is the right way to go. I think okay, this is a pretty solid change. And the reason why I say that is like it in it gives more room for more build crafting. Right? Okay. So mm-hmm. when you think about a lot of like builds here lately. A lot of people have just been running like triple uh, weapon surge on their legs, mm-hmm. but using these exotics takes away the need to even run that, and allows players to put on stuff like uh, invigoration or innervation and all other kinds of stuff to help out with uh building up your abilities, building up your, like, keeping yourself alive. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Because I feel like once, once we get to Battle Harmony, you'll, you'll, you'll change your tune on that. Um, Dune Marchers. I, I, I will be the one to say it. This needed to happen. As a Titan man, I will admit this needed to happen. They're making it so the, they're reducing the range of the chain damage from... 20 meters to 12 meters. I would have preferred 15 meters, but I'll go with 12. And they're, they're, like and, they're and they're well, <laughs> and then we're and then we're making it, and then they're making it so that the PvP damage goes from 85 to 50. And they said then the, the, the dev commentary, the main thing over like now here, hmm, let me let me let me before I read the dev commentary, I'll, I'll say this. I will agree with the, with the first part of the dev commentary and what a, a large part of the community has said where there's no reason why Doom Marchers should kill you through a wall just because your teammate's peeking. There's no yeah. reason yeah. for that. I will be the first one to admit it. Doom Marchers, like, that was the one thing that made it a little too strong was the fact that the reach of it could hit you, like, through walls. That was the one thing I will be 100% honest with it. Now, here's the where Bungie messed up. They said in the dev commentary, this exotic sees a lot of use in PvP and not much in PvE. A lot of use in PvP, but not a lot of, not a lot of use in PvE. And these changes embrace that. What do you mean, Bungie? Do you mean yeah, less... The, it's a little weird. I didn't quite get what they meant by that. Do you yeah. mean lessening the damage and lessening the chain is going to make it beneficial in PvE? Because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like yeah. that's the one beef I have with it, where I'm willing to relent and say Doom Marchers needed a little bit of a nerf, but your language don't make no sense. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it there. Where like I feel like this is a little bit too much of a nerf, but like I don't think I would I would have, I would have been comfortable with 15 meters and like like I'll I'll say 50 damage is okay. 85 was a little high. You could put it like 60, but I'll take 50. So like 
we're at a comfy place now. You you might see a little bit of drop in new marcher uses, but it'll still be decent. Yeah. Um, Warlocks, Vesper of Radius does the same thing as everything else. In terms of, like, 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 no, no, doesn't. I'm thinking about uh, same with Alchemy. Um, not with Vesper of Radius, your Rivs emit an arc shockwave every five seconds that deals um, 200 damage in PVE and 70 damage in PvP. And enemies defeated by the shockwave explode for an additional 100 damage. And you have, if you have an arc subclass equipped, it blinds nearby enemies. That's a lot. That might talk. tempt me to actually run an arc build. Like I I I I don't mind arc if I have to, but like I normally don't run arc. I'm I am a sunbracers, nades for days main. I will run well if need be. Um but normally I'm a dawn blade, and now with strand, I'm I'm you know, I am mom. I summon all the babies. I have an infinite baby build that I absolutely <laughs> love. But with those new with those changes, that actually might tempt me to lean into at least trying an arc build because I never really found much interest in it. Unless I absolutely was forced to, like if you know I was running a freaking strike for pinnacles or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now here's my approach to this exotic because there are two ways I know it can be used, and mm -hmm. first being stasis, absolutely. 100%. Oh yeah. Not even for just the freeze rift because I'm gonna get into that in a second, but for the 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 option to set traps in certain mm -hmm. combat situations where I've, I've noticed as a warlock, a lot of classes feel encouraged to push during certain moments of combat. Let's say you're popping mm -hmm. off a couple of shots and you're ducking back in and you're ready to pop your rift. I've found that right. obviously there are instances where you can freeze someone as they push, but this also gives you a little extra utility in that space as well, where if you want to do it early, just throw your rift down into a duel and then when things start to get a little tough you can exit your rift and pull back without the worry of them pushing past it and i think that's important yeah. you can also combo that with a with a um a dusk field grenade so if they're in that space they move through the dusk field they're also getting shocked from the rift itself mm -hmm. which will support yes. the duel. now here's the second thing that a lot of people i don't think thought about was that when you pop a well of radiance you can also throw your rift inside that as well so that yeah. people push into yeah. your well of radiance, you're getting an overshield from the well. I'm sorry, you're getting an overshield from the rift. You're getting your health back from the well, and then you're also getting the vesper shocks, which That's can keep them out of your space and protect you. So there are applicable ways to use this. So I'm excited. I, I'm gonna go all across the spectrum to find out what I can use this exotic for to maximize its potential. That's gonna be nutty. Um, yeah. Dawn, you know, chromatic fire. I feel like chromatic fire is about to be meta as hell because oh, you're because they're increasing the radius and the damage of the explosion created for, by precision ta uh, kinetic takedowns, and the explosion also applies a status effect that tar that uh, to targets damaged by it. And depending on what subclass you're equipped with, the explosion does different things. So it blinds on arc, it scorches on solar, it slows on stasis, it severs on strand, and it weakens on void. So literally, if you have like a hung jury 
and you have like and you're just pecking at someone and getting and getting kills with hung jury of uh, precision kills. You're literally just making explosions of different colors and going mm-hmm. nuts. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be really interesting. I'm excited to see. So like combine that with like explosive payload on old hung juries or like kinetic, kinetic tremors on new hung juries. And that could just be bonkers. I've already so, got uh, my box breathing build set up and ready to go. This is gonna be real interesting. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um Dawn Chorus. Daybreak projectiles damage bonus has been increased and no longer is reliant on the enemy being scorched. So yes. Dawn Chorus is about to go hard in the paint. Uh-huh. Yes. Gives, you, gives you a reason to run daybreak again instead of running uh, uh, well all the time. Yep. <laughs> this he might be a, a controversial take. Might be a little bit of a hot take, and I think it's appropriate Ooh. for the exotic. Ooh. I think Dawn Chorus is about to power creep. Ooh. 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 Okay. Speak okay. on it. Yes. Speak. I think they've done so much for Dawn Chorus to elevate it that they are not anticipating what players are going to do with it. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Good point. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, saying when alchemy falls in the same category as the rest of them, but instead of of because when standing in a rift, it grants a non-stacking bonus to weapon damage matching your subclass damage type, and this damage bonus is equivalent to two surge leg mods, so seventeen percent PVE and four point five percent in PVP. That kind of oh. gives saying when alchemy some more utility. I don't think it's gonna be like OP or anything like that, but that's kind of cool. I, I, that's I. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I don't think it's enough, personally. I, I, I understand the direction they're trying to take it, but I don't think I'm going to put on Sanguine Alchemy just yet. I no. think I'm going to have to experiment a little bit with it to understand what they want me to do. But I've been more inclined to, you know, lean on some of the prior philosophies they had with Sanguine. Like, the one where you can see through walls. I know that's not exactly where we're at now with things. We want, you know, balance to be kind of more on the forefront. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea of maybe Sanguine Alchemy having different interactions with different subclasses. Maybe if you're running Void, you get through sight for like a few seconds when you're in your Rift. Or maybe if you're, you know, running Stasis, that if you're using a Stasis weapon, it'll slow enemies for a few seconds when you shoot them. Like, just something mm-hmm. a little bit more unique. I, I don't really think this direction they're going with Sanguine is very unique. Because, again, the the exotic is kind of the idea of trade-off. It's like, you know, if we were to take it to something more uh, grounded on what we've seen in other things, the idea of Sanguine Alchemy is to give something up in order for you to gain power in other areas. So it doesn't really feel like I'm giving up something. It just feels like I'm sitting in a rift and gaining power and just killing enemies and just performing some odd cycle, which doesn't really feel, you know, specific. It doesn't feel unique. Right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Tower, any thoughts on Sanguine Alchemy? I really can't speak on it because I don't use it. Okay, fair enough. Um, Claws of Ahamkara. Power melee kills create orbs of power, a.k.a. the heavy-handed claws. Because they even say (laughs) when heavy-handed mods are equipped, it increases the potency. And the death commentary is it literally does the same thing as heavy-handed. So stacking it like like it really doesn't do too much other than make the orb of power more potent. So, eh. Now, here's what I I meant with Mantle of Battle Harmony. The, the thing that's always been a thing with Mantle of Battle Harmony specifically, let me, let me read the original version of it real quick. Because Mantle of Battle Harmony uh, has been my favorite 
Warlock Exotics is a game out. Because it says takedowns with weapons that have the same damage type matching your subclass element grant you super energy. While your super energy is full, you instead gain a temporary bonus to weapon damage of the type matching your subclass element. Um, uh-huh. In terms of the ma- in terms of the math from what Light GG says from community research, uh, if the super is not full, um, it does about uh, 1.45 the dam- uh, like, 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 uh, does damage. When the super is full you get to uh, to about 15% damage increase. Now, with the change, they're making it so when when your super is full, you get 15% damage bonus uh, like like you like you you go you get a 6% damage bonus and a 25% damage bonus in PvE. So, you get cut in almost half from like actually over half. You get you get over cut over in half from the damage you have a mantle battle harmony. And yeah. it's only and it's only when your super is is fully charged. Not like with um, Eternal Warrior or uh, Path of Burning Steps, where it's off of kills. It's literally when when your super is full. Like this is like a lesser uh, freaking. What's the the ty- the Titan chest piece that I never wear that everyone loves for some reason that I can't stand? No, uh, the solar one. Oh, uh, uh, heart, 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 yeah. Like, I was like, thinking harder than most life, this, but like, still. this is, yeah, this is barely like, this is like not even a like a hollow fire heart. This is like lesser than every everything, and it takes away the purpose of even using mantle of battle harmony. Like, it wasn't even meta or anything. It's just non-existent now. Yeah, for me, it, it, it was definitely just an unnecessary change. They could have left the exotic alone, and that would have been a buff enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. it, it feels really out of pocket just to, just to target Mantle of Battle Harmony to put on the same level as everything else. That's why I, that's right. why I wanted you to put a pin on your thought, David, because I just I don't know how I feel about this. So here's my thing. I'm thinking about this, and I might have just listened wrong. But don't tear four uh, damage buff stack. With uh, well, I don't think it does. No, Which I'm damage? almost sure they do. Tier four weapon damage is stacked with well, no. yeah. That's what I'm almost sure they do. Okay, because uh, your surge mod stack with well, so that's true. That does, I do, stack. Yeah. so Currently, this buff should you get 25% plus a well. This will allow warlocks to be able to effectively, uh, like do damage, uh, do damage, but also it pushes warlocks that want to run like double well in a raid to uh, like split off their wells and not drop them both at the same yeah. exact fucking time. Like dumbasses for some reason. I don't know why people <laughs> do that. It's like okay, well, well we had two, but now we have one. Sometimes it's a panic super. We can't but, fault uh, people yeah. for panic super. <laughs> but also, like the build crafting that that is going to give warlocks is going to be ridiculous because you're going to be having like I can see vex builds, fucking what's the name of the goddamn uh, SMG, uh, callus mini tool builds that are yeah. just gonna, like you're going to get your super back so fast that that having that damage buff is going to be. It reminds me of my favorite sidearm in the game, Traveler's Chosen. Like you're gonna hate like having the ability to get your uh your ability back is such a great perk, but just giving up that gathering uh light 
is just like, oh my god, I gotta build it back up. Man, I, know, I man. really don't want to well, give it up me, now. Here's the thing, like, I want to use Battle Harmony, but I don't know if in that particular scenario I would choose Battle Harmony over something like Phoenix Protocol. Because right. the Phoenix Protocol is, you know, helping me snowball my super, and mods are coming in clutch to kind of help elevate the element of choice that I'm using to maximize that weapon, let's say Vex, for example, then it's not really, you know, viable for me to say Mantle of Battle Harmony is a better choice. It might mm. be a choice, but I don't think this was the route that they needed to go with this exotic. And on top of that, it also just, it's asking for too much for too little. I agree. Not only do you want me to hold on, but you're asking me to demand kills out of all these different things and it feels like other exotics within that same because class. you don't get the weapon you don't get the weapon damage buff until you get full super it's like you don't get the ability regen off of hollow fire heart until you have full super you're training your super for the damage buff that's yeah. what, that's what that like versus like new new eternal warrior where the minute you get a kill you have a, a six percent damage on pve versus with Mano battle harmony you have to not use your super to get a six percent damage on pvp it's it's a weird system where they're taking away the the, the solid 15 percent dropping it to six percent for no reason it just feels really out of pocket to target this just just to align it with a bunch of other exotics it feels really weird so right. in my opinion I think it's actually a really good buff when you think about the fact that how many uh, well warlocks sit on top of their well until the perfect moment. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, it's yeah. going to give do. those players a reason to just sit on it until you get to that damage phase. It's really giving those players, like, it's giving them value out of not using their super. Right. Hey, you gotta think. Once you drop your well, you're producing orbs. You're gonna be picking up orbs. People are gonna be dropping supers. Like you're gonna get your super back so fast. You'll probably have your super back before the damage phase is even over. Right. So okay. you know, very true. Halfway, because you're right there. There, there is some value in that sense. But I'd be happier if they leveled out the the damage profile across the whole exotic. Like, like for example, if by holding your super, it increases the damage output by 10% of your melee or your grenades and your weapons keep that damage uh, benefit the entire time. If holding your super without requiring any sort of, you know, circumstance after that, I think that would make the exotic better. So if I'm right. just holding your super, I gain more weapon damage, my abilities hit a little bit harder, and that's the incentive. The incentive is to get up to that point by making those kills. So you get a little bit of extra super energy before you get to that. And then, yeah, you can kind of just enjoy the exotic for what it's doing to your neutral game. Yeah, so it'll be... This is why the Mantle of Battle Harmony has been my favorite, like, Warlock exotic up until the Reign of Fire. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, the Hunter Pants. Because... I feel personally slighted because I'm like, how dare Bungie give Warlocks my fucking Dragon Shadow for free? Oh, no. That's funny. That's, that's very funny. Um, moving on from there, we have the Prometheum Spur, like the, the pants that have seen nothing in years. Now, oh, when, when it, it grants Rift Energy on any solar weapon takedown, 
and the more energy granted from the solar weapon taken down while standing in a rift. Uh, so you literally just get to like like basically have a rift machine with Promethe- Prometheum Spur now. Also now have a, uh, have to be standing in a rift when you get a final blow for the exotic to consume your class ability energy and create a rift at the target's location. So it's a trade-off where you get to get tons of rift energy but then expend it at that cost. So it's 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 I, I like what they're doing here. They're making you fight for the benefit of constant rifts. I like that. That's kind of cool. I like that too. I think it's a better yeah. than where it was before, that's for sure. Now it makes definitely us think a better about place than it what was we before. Need to like like what are we sacrificing? We we have to really think about that, you know? And sometimes like that's what you have to do. You have to figure out, okay, what what am I going to be sacrificing in order to get this buff? Exactly. Um, now for the one-two punch, I like to call it because I tr- I went to Prometheus Spur before I went to this. The the the, the right hook is going to be the Aphidian aspect where they finally said, "Hey, yo, y'all don't get to be uh, Synthoset Titans no more. You lose ah. your you 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 lose your extended uh, melee range and." I, I, RIP to your affiliates, homies, because I, I will be the first one to admit you getting extended melee range plus all the extra benefits like uh, stability and reload speed and whatnot. That and was old and handling. That was and airborne over, effectiveness. And airborne effectiveness. That and was airborne overkill. That yeah. was overkill. Yeah. Like, I, it was I either think. one or the other. You can be Titans or you can be Shooties. That's all you get. That's all you right, mean. but it felt weird anyway for it to even have the extended melee because coming out of D one, it never had that. So when it was reintroduced into Destiny two, that was just kind of tacked on there, and I never really quite understood the the design goal. Like it doesn't really make sense. Like to me, the Ophidians have always felt like the exotic that would just help you in the gunfight. Like it helps you move between one moment to another, and that's basically it. And I feel like you know taking away. The extended melee is not a huge issue. I feel like everything else about the exotic is still fantastic. It, it is right. definitely one hundred percent still an exotic choice, but this exactly. just helps level it. Now for that, now, now, for, now for that 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 right hook. We already got the left. We're gonna get that right. So Starfire Protocol. Oh. It's, it's time to go to bed, homies. Uh, it's time to go to bed because they, they reduced- nerfed her into the ground and i don't even I, I i don't even use starfire and it just makes me so freaking sad so they reduce the amount of energy gain per instance of damage from 20 percent to 2.5 and empowered weapon kills now grant 20 percent grenade energy now here, here here's where i will meet you in the middle this thing needed to be nerfed because it, I, I, I said it before on our uh, on our rod episode. This this exotic is the only reason why top teams can beat the raid in like six in six hours. That's the yeah. only reason. I, yeah. I, 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 I will forever say it. That's the only reason why people will crash through planets and crash through Desi was this dang exotic. And, and, and yeah. anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. Now, where I will be. And let me the- clarify something about that. Stupid exotic. Go for it. In fact, and and you and I were talking about this the other night when we were gaming. Um, the whole thing about Starfire is that it's one buff goes to everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't need six well locks all running Starfire 
All you need is one well lock and start firing. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets that buff, but nobody exactly. understands that that's how it works is that you just need the one. It doesn't stack. Exactly. Why do people do that? Now, here's the here's where I'll meet people in the middle. 20% to 2.5 was rough. That yeah. was like you put that thing in the ground. Yes. Only That's rough. what I said. They did it into the ground, man. Yeah, but here's my thing though. I think it's only rough to single fire weapons. I yes. think automatic weapons, especially 600s or 720s, I could see where the damage in a single clip would net you somewhere close to like half of your grenade ability back, which I think is what they're trying to go for. I don't yeah. want I, I don't think they wanted players to just sit back with just single fire heavy weapons like Xenophage, for example, that would just get them back all of their stuff. Yeah, like Wither Horde just chucking a Wither Horde shot gave you. Yeah, or Wither back. Horde, exactly. Yeah. So like I, I feel I like this was coming. a lot, but we'll see how it goes. Like yeah. all, all I'm saying is you're not gonna see no one running this in the reprise raid. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Right. Like this this thing's gonna hit the ground for a little bit. Yeah. But this well, also I got, goes I got, I got two words for you though. Go for it. Suspend build. Suspend build, yes. Suspend but, build. But, I, yeah. but like here here's my thing though. Um this goes back to what I, I, I've said before though. Bungie does like there there's there's rare cases like um Eternal Warrior where they find a comfy middle ground, or like certain exotics they find a comfy middle ground. But then there's cases like this where they just dig it into the grave. Like they mm -hmm. don't understand finding a middle ground or buffing other exotics up to level with it because power creep is a thing. Like there's no in between with Bungie here. And it's frustrating. Right. I they're mean, gonna fix possible. it. They they will absolutely fix it. There is no way that they won't, to be honest. Like with with how low that is like a, a good middle ground would have been like 10 percent you mm -hmm. know obviously that's half a 20 but like even if they buff it back up to like five percent um a good friend of mine punk he's in our uh he's in our discord he ran he he literally does this for fun he runs the numbers on everything in this mm -hmm. game and he ran the numbers and said a perfect, you know, a, a, a perfect middle ground numbers wise would be uh, for Bungie to take it back up to 5% once they realize how, how right. bad it is. So now, it, granted, yeah, now, granted, it did still say that if you have an empowered rift while in your well, then you go, you bump back up to 20%. Mm -hmm. But, like, one, I don't know a lot of people who run Empowered Rifts in PvE content. And two, most people aren't thinking to run or to put down a well or a rift anyways inside of a well because then they don't have a rift to run when yeah. their well goes out. And if yeah. they're the only warlock, then everybody's gonna die without like a healing well. Right. So we'll we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Well, um, this like, anything, to add to that though, more than team players. I, I think this change is deliberately directed towards solo play. I, I don't think team-oriented yeah, combat is gonna feel too I, much. I agree, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
in time. Yeah. I feel like like so like you're not gonna be seeing like what we saw where someone solo flawless rod with this exotic. Oh like, no, yeah. we're not seeing that anymore. Now um, with the delay between switching loadouts, yeah, ain't nobody soloing that man again. Right. Now, um, honestly, Twab was super small. Um, the, the biggest thing that we could take away from the Twab was there was a season of the deep trailer, uh, like trailer teaser, or like looks like we're going into Rapture on Bioshock. Um, they showed they showed us what what that what next season's uh, ritual weapon is going to be. It's going to be a Tex Mechanica kinetic weapon that like it's like just a log a kinetic log arm, which will be kind of cool. I'm excited to see what that does. The perk pool better be good, or I'm fighting. Anyway, um, now he here's the thing that uh, we're not, not going to worry about the swab. The swab was small. Let's talk about Tuesday's patch as the closing topic of the evening. So everybody in the mama came out in droves because Bungie decided that with the, the, the Tuesday patch, they were going to fix an issue, two different issues. Well, 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 one issue specifically, because there was a thing where if you swapped from a pinpoint slug to a fourth horseman, you were doing like tons of damage. Tons uh, of damage. Yeah. So Bungie said, hey, yo, we're going to fix that. But along with that, we are going to make it so when you swap a weapon, there is a two-second delay before you can fire your gun again. Now, the the, the speed-running and low-man community came out in droves in trying to say Bungie was wrong for this, Bungie's ruining our fun, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, like, and a lot of commentators came out and said casual players are like hardly gonna notice this now granted there was somebody who said hey yo if you pop golden gun that's affected by it too because it's coated like a gun that that that's kind of scary <laughs> but like it, it like it Bungie, but Bungie even came out and said hey to give you some more insight there was some there was networking issues across players and environments that made us implement this it wasn't just a shotgun issue so but, but but at the same time, we're gonna drop it from two seconds to one second when when season the deep comes out. Now this arose a a a uh, conversation between the low man uh, slash speed running community and the casual community, uh-huh. where the speed running and low man community of Destiny Two came like, like were very hurt by this and didn't understand what was going on because this hurt their ideas because not only did you see people like hot swapping entire builds with the new uh build sa- with with the loadout saving system to do different like low bands and speed runs but you saw like even just swapping from tractor kit into a heavy weapon there was the delays now and people were upset about this because they were doing so like solo runs and low bands of raids and stuff like that or speed runs and I don't like like, like quoting people uh, a lot when it comes to things, but Glad put out a video about this where he was very harsh, I would say, when it came to the community where he spoke on that the casual community would very much be like, good, play the game the way it was supposed to be played, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, and like attack them and like say they're horrible people and stuff like that. But Glad in turn call people like gremlins and like and was throwing punches back at them rather than having a conversation and this this is what i mean a lot with the community where we don't know how to have discussions 
between the top tier community and the casual community, we need to be able to have conversations rather than spitting venom at each other. Now, yeah. I've yeah. been the first. I've been the first one out the gate, with like because I've had controversy on TikTok where there was a, there was a low there was a lower uh, like there was a YouTuber that was showing people how to low man crypt security with glitches. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have said it over and over and over again. I respect low mans. I respect speed runs. But the minute you go out of the map, you lose my respect because. You are breaking an active online game for your speed run. If they, like, there's people who like speed run SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom and like old games and like like the, like I saw people speed running Jedi Fallen Order and stuff like that. Those are offline single player games. And hell, even people like Arcane Studios love when you break things like Dishonored and stuff like that. That's fine. But when you are in an active online game doing that. That's a whole other ballgame. Now, yeah. when it comes to just speed running and low mag, I saw I saw someone do a duo deep or a trio deep stone, or a, and it was so cool to watch. There was no glitches; they were just doing it. It was super cool to watch. I love that you show I your agree. potential. I have so much more respect for speedrunners who actually contribute to the speed element of it, exactly. and not really looking to find ways to circumvent mechanics like if you go into it and you're just optimal with everything that you do hats off to you you have nothing but my respect but when it comes to you know breaking what the game's design was intended to do and finding loopholes and systems or glitches or out of bound reaches i feel like that is its own category and i respect it too but it's not it doesn't share the same trophy for me exactly And like, here's here's the thing that no one wants to hear that like I think is coming next based off this hot swap thing. Hey, yo, you you know for a fact that that Bungie probably doesn't uh, like the fact that y'all be well skated and shatter skating, right? They've already had the conversation about that. Like, 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 no, like no one's ever set, told you. Like, 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 no one ever like intended. Like like well and eager edge to to work like that or shatter dive and eager edge do that like that mm-hmm. like it's very obvious that sooner or later Bungie's just gonna go snap and y'all are gonna lose that so fast and there is gonna be the biggest uprising in the history of the of the, of the Destiny two community because let's be real Bun more than likely when it comes to how eager edge works. Bungie just couldn't figure out how to make it activate only when you were around enemies like Surrounded does. Mm-hmm. For, like, like, so they made it like universal. Sooner or later, they're going to figure it out and you're going to lose everything and you're right. going to be pissed. And like, it was, so I think you need to prepare yourself now for the potential for that to happen. And then you're going to learn how to do more optimal speed runs, more optimal things. Like, I know when people were pissed when um, Worldline Zero got nerfed, and I'm like, that was kind of understandable because Worldline Zero's entire purpose was to go fast. Like that was the point of the exotic; that it wasn't just like a targeting a specific ad. But like with this specifically, I don't think Bungie meant it to do that. So y'all need to prepare yourselves. But in general, casual community, I'm, I'm gonna throw uh, shade at casuals. There's no reason to throw shade at people for kicking butt in the game. That like they don't get too many trophies, too many like big rewards for soloing content. I watched somebody on Strand Titan solo Glassway today, and I was like on, on a GM, 
and I learned so much that I'm going to take into the GMs tonight that I was blown away. Like, they did it legit. They did no glitches. They didn't even use the Osteo Strigger glitch that's going on right now. They did it legit, and I was, like, so blown away by that. So very much, sometimes y'all just need to give people their flowers. You, you need to be respectful yeah, and I be about that. Yes. Tip the hat and just and be so freaking respectful for that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Not everyone I'm going to give you a little pushback. I'm going to give you a little bit of pushback. Okay, speak right. on it. Okay. So the thing about it is, and this is just an overarching issue I see here in Destiny 2, right? Where hmm. in, it's a zero-sum game when it comes down to the balancing and, like, who gets to have fun in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Ron came out on the day one, you had all the, like, uh, content creators, all the top-tier players coming out and saying, oh, my God, this is bullshit. How dare this not be, like, this grueling experience, right? Mm-hmm. At the expense of the casual player. Right, casual mm, players mm. who for their for the first time, a lot of them for the first time got their first day one clear. And it was right. kind of a slap mm-hmm. in the face. Because they're like, Look, I don't have my job. I play this game for fun. Mm. And exactly. I only get one chance a year to go for it. Right? Just like uh content creators like that'll only get one year to go for it. But he's complaining about completing in the top 100 under uh or outside of the top 100 whereas you have players like myself alchemy who are getting probably their first maybe their second clear and we're like just happy to get the clear and it just comes off as like arrogant like okay Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't have this uh like exploit that you can use to shave 10 seconds off a boss fight or no. shave 20 minutes off an encounter or off a raid. Like, yeah, you don't have that. And it sucks sometimes to have the game balanced for the so middle like, of the pack. But okay, so- it has to be a conversation of balanced for people, for the average player to have fun, but for top tier players to enjoy themselves so here here's where i'm gonna defer to you and you know how much i hated how how some of us couldn't get through the day one raid mm-hmm. there like but then but, but then like i use the, the example of the one guy that came into our lfg that day with not the correct uh like he, he refused to put on thunderlord he wanted to run like commemoration or some shit he refused to change his stats he kept dying and blaming the ad clear team like that guy I like, like there. There is a fine line, and I'm gonna give Dado credit for this. Uh, there is a fine line between people who bust their ass to complete content and in certain things, than people who it got to a point on the day one of Rod where people were just carrying people to their first uh, day one raid, or there was someone, there was a team that flawlessly in contest mode. That is absurd. The point of a day one raid race, or even just the, the contest mode in general, is to be where you have your best team, your best loadout, your best everything. And, and I'll be the one to say it. 
like like partially because of Starfire Protocol, there should have been no reason why that like that rain was cleared in six hours. There should have been no reason. Like we need to go back to where like Deep Stone Crypt and Last Wish, where people were in there for like eighteen hours, where you need to like figure out how to get that damage threshold and figure out how to get through this. Like the idea that we had the most graded people who did it. By all means, you got your first day one clear. Congratulations! I I didn't even get it. I I I got to a point where I was so frustrated where I handed it the towel. But the people who got it, you you worked your butt off for it. Unless you were carried, well, that's a whole other argument. But in terms of what happened, there like this should be the the highest above grandmaster level content. If you put the work in, if you uh, like 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 do that, that should be your reward. I can't. I can't even tell you how many times when King, when King's Fall was going to come back, where contest mode was going to be a thing. I kept telling people, prepare yourself mentally, prepare yourself to get one shot, prepare yourself for what's going to happen. And people wouldn't listen to me. They're like, we're going to go get our first day clear, and they got their butts kicked, and they didn't listen. And it was so like obvious. Like that's what Dado was saying in his video about the entire controversy, where. The, the, the like the day one raid race or the day one contest one experience should be for that upper people who get that work the, the, who put that work in. If you can complete a grandmaster, you should be able to go do a day one raid. But if there were some people who had never raided before in their life trying to do that shit, no, nah, homie, you need to put the work in. Like I'm not saying get good. I'm saying put the work in to reach that upper echelon. Like. I'm not saying like like because that, to this day I still cr- uh, give people credit who can only do a master uh, nightfall. Cool. Once you get to your point and you can do a GM, good for you. But the buzzard is still going to be just as good as the buzzard adept, other than it can get uh, get the adept bot. It's fine. So like that's what that's what I mean. Like I will be the first one to say there's a fine line between the way the upper tier people treat casuals and the way casuals treat upper tiers. We need to meet in the middle and start having more conversations because otherwise it's going to be constantly just venom back and forth. And there can't be like a place where top tier players can test their metal because they're running out of content to do. They're inventing stuff like low man raids and stuff like that. Bungie never intended someone into solo flawless a raid. By themselves? Right. Are you kidding uh-huh. me? Like, 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 they're bored. They're trying to find something to entertain themselves because they love Destiny and they have nothing else to do. They're trying to do the unthinkable because Bungie hasn't given them more challenge. Meanwhile, there's some people who have never even done a raid before. Like, there's a stark contrast in certain parts of the community, and we need to start meeting in the middle. And that's where I'm going to leave my closing statement. <laughs> you know... I don't know. The way I think about this, I'm going to say it and we can go ahead and do the damn thing. Yeah. But uh, the way I look at it is, there is a difference between having to earn like earn your stripes and earn your medal, you know, to test your medal in some of these raids. Mm. I think the biggest change that Bungie has implemented is the power delta. The mm. thing that has always made raids hard that gave these like crazy clear rates back in the day uh-huh. was power level. 
it was okay. everything you did leading up to raid day that made the difference. It wasn't how you performed on raid day. It was what you did. Like, did you power level? Did you not sleep for two weeks? Mm-hmm. Uh, like a certain somebody who will not, you yeah, know, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna talk like, about you know, <laughs> like everything you do. The last leading raid experience was like back during uh, Shadow Keep when Garden of Salvation came out. Was when exactly. people were really, really itching to power grind, and it, those numbers made a massive difference in the outcome. Right, I'll even exactly. admit when Beyond Light came out, like we were in a, a, a totally different power delta where there was like. 200 levels you had to grind there was uh, like, like the sun setting had just happened and you didn't know what you needed to run for that day one raid so mm-hmm. i, I kind of see what you're saying i feel like but, if the power delta w- w- like w- was set like ron for everything where it was less of a of an entry gap i feel like I, 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 that you're making you're making a lot you of sense you wouldn't see half of the these like super low 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 like uh clear rates but also like another thing that I think about is how different is Ron from Vault of Glass? How different is Ron from Kingsfall? Like the mechanics of how we do raids are the same. That's fair. Like, like yeah, go here, step mm-hmm. on plate, grab buff, shoot boss. You know, players know these mechanics down to a, a fine point. Yeah, if you're asking fair. players that saying that, oh yeah, you have to earn your strikes before you can come in here and perform. Like if players know how to perform mechanics and stay alive and, you know, b- build craft and do all this other stuff. Like if the only difference between success and failure is how much time you put into the game, before the event, that is a failure of the event itself. That's fair. Not well, the player. I, I, I will say what, what I was yeah, more meaning by, te- by by preparing, I meant more so by like what you said. Like there's still people that don't know how to build craft. There's still people like, yeah. like even even before the yeah. new system came out, even with the new system, there's still people that don't understand stats. There's people that like even uh, newer people to the clan. Like, like, like I'm not gonna name people. I would call them. I'm gonna make them look bad. But, like, call me like, out. I barely know how to build craft. Okay, go fine. ahead. Tower call refused, me out. T- Tower is afraid that the government's gonna hack her device on D2 armor picker. But no, <laughs> I'm not afraid. Don't 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 lie on me like that. It's not that I'm afraid. It's that I used to work in military intelligence. Ergo, I know how freaking computer programs work with regards to security. Thank you. I I, I was saying it for dramatics, but like, 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 like there's people that legit. There's still people who don't even read the TWAB. There's people who who have never raided before. There's people who don't even know about like how to map. There's people who have never even seen like no don't know what ascendant shards do. They just collect them in the battle pass and don't know what an ascendant shard does like i had to teach somebody how to level up their armor recently like yep. they're like they're there's such I a to like there there's such an information gap in the community because bunty doesn't teach people how to do things so like people have to make youtube videos and stuff like that to, to, to teach people stuff like but that's, that's also the, another thing that i i want to touch on that's a fault of the, the system investment 
that you have to make to yeah. be proficient in this game. Like you yeah. have to follow the content creators to kind of keep up with all the build crafting and like the goings on, the Twitters and all this outside information that affects the inside of the game that mm-hmm. never gets talked about on the inside of the game. Yeah. Like there is no patch note that pops up when you uh, download an update. It's like, nope, you got to go to the app on your phone that not every player has, not every mm-hmm. player knows about. Now, see, that was the point I was this. clear with the bulletin feature where if they put yeah. something like that in the game, it would help. So that way really people would. don't get so lost in terms of what's happening and mm-hmm. what's going on. That's just that's one step in the right direction, but there are many other mm-hmm. areas that could benefit. Another, like, another thing that I think we should do is have more teachers, like legitimate mm-hmm. players that are willing to really help these new lights out. I mm-hmm. see all too out. often where I, I've been like a solo raider for years. So I didn't seem the down and the dirty mm. when it comes down to like LFG rating in this game. And I dare any one of these content creators to go into a day one raid in LFG. That's the, the other whole thing entire too. Raid yeah, by like, the if, if it's LFG, it's gonna be a nightmare. That's the, that's the other it's component a too. Nightmare. Yeah. But you also gotta think like you fight against the LFG and other players. More mm-hmm. than you fight against the fucking enemies in the content. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah. That's how it is. But people don't really like to think about that. And right. to their point, like, if you have a team, like you should, like the content dictates, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. But same time, different token. Like, we have to start having a conversation about helping new players and yeah. not just, for lack of a better word, shitting on them. For your own self aggrandizement. That's kind of why I made a post on Twitter not too long ago that was actually related specifically to that. It did a comparison between people who ask players to know what to do when they join mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. someone saying that, you know, I'm willing to teach. You know, and it sparked we're... a lot of rage, especially at the time, but it also kind of got the, the conversation rolling on the differences between how you're helping the community and how you're helping yourself. Not every player that joins the game should have to feel like they need to help someone. But if you're good at something, that should be something you're willing to do. So if I'm good at running the, the, the nightfalls, or if I'm good at performing the mechanics and garden of salvation, I should be able to take up lead and, you know, help those who are in need. I'm not going mm-hmm. to isolate people. And I think that's really the main problem here is that people mm-hmm. feel isolated. So it makes them either a not want to engage with this activity or, or leave this activity, or they argue with people because there's no leadership involved in that. Yeah, I agree. I can behind that. Agree. All right. Well, 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 so, but most dev, Jose, uh, you've earned your right to come back whenever you want. Like, you, you've kicked <laughs> butt this episode. So thank you thank for you. being here. Uh, what is your closing statement for the episode? Okay. Well, I guess I had the closing statement I can go with is just be well to others, treat them with respect, hear what they have to say, and continue a proper dialogue between each other, and then just make the community better. We don't really get anywhere when we're constantly arguing about which outcome is better for which sort of player you are. 
It's about understanding what sort of players we all are and how to meet a healthy ground to make sure that we're all having fun no matter what. Yes. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Tower, since you want to uh, gain Guardian rank during the podcast because you think you slick, um, what's your closing statement? <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to see that. I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it. Because the, the Discord Charlemagne bot exposed you, but it's cool. It's cool. What, what's no, your closing no. Statement? It, it, it took Charlemagne 20 minutes before it freaking exposed me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 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 My closing statement is as a casual, I always have this idea of, you know, especially when it comes to these nerfs and buffs, wait until they actually become active in the game before we really start making any judgment calls or anything like that. Yes, of course, we all have our opinions, but if, if something ends up being better for the class or a specific subclass or the community as a whole, after it's come out, wait until it comes out, wait and see, wait and see. That was my whole message with uh, Strand Titan Strand Titan came out amazing. Yeah, you're right. Despite you're right. everyone, despite everyone's bitching. So just right, again, right. take it, take a deep breath, you know, calm your calm your mind and just wait and see. And then and then start bitching and moaning. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh David, how you want to end the episode? All right. You know what? I after thinking about it for a little while, you know what? This is what I want to leave you guys with. All right. <laughs> Remember what it felt like to rise up out of the grave and be a blueberry. Mm. Remember yeah. that feeling of your first raid looking at must have Gallahorn oh. and trying to ink your way in and body like checks your loadout or checks your raid report. Remember that feeling the next time. You look at a blueberry on your stack team of like five people, and you know this guy needs a little bit of help. Remember that feeling and right. lend a hand. I, it's time for I us guardians to start being teachers mm. to these new lights. I mean, really. The thing that makes this game so amazing, the thing that makes this game so much fun is bringing in these new players and building community when the more when more of us play together the more fun we have together right it's no that's fun that's to be at each other's throats it's okay it's 100 okay to dunk on hunters every opportunity you get that line yes, right there I totally yes, yes it is look oh, if that's God. what it takes i will bear the mantle of being dunked on just All look right. Do it with a little grace. Have yes. first. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Amazon Music, Audible, all those great places. Check out the merch shop, shop.cosmodromeradio.com. Uh, uh, check out, get that Guardian Games t-shirt. Titans are going to win. Get that t-shirt. It was great. Um, oh, shout God. out to Sint for making the design for us. Um, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode. We will catch you star side. Peace out. Thank you.